0: Hey, I'm Tim Donnelly from 999 The Fan.
1: And I'm Brian Murphy from WRL News. Sports betting is finally legal in North Carolina. Getting to this point in this state wasn't easy. How it happened is a backstory worth telling. And that's what we're
0: going to do in a new season of our podcast, A Brief History of Triangle Sports. The podcast is out now.
1: Follow A Brief History of Triangle Sports on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, or on YouTube.
2: Now at 7, two breaking stories in Raleigh. First, protesters calling for a ceasefire in Gaza, arrested on Fayetteville Street. Plus, a Raleigh police officer hit by a car while trying to make an arrest. What a witness who also says the suspect ran into her is sharing with WRAL. The new model runs just into the WRAL
3: Severe Weather Center, shows that our weekend is trending wetter. I'll walk you through what to expect
4: hour by hour. Right now, it's 7 o'clock. Over the next few hours, rain will start moving in across parts of our area, and we can't rule out storms. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dan Haggerty.
2: And I'm Ashley Rowe. Taking a look at future right now, this is the system we're talking about. Meteorologist Kat Campbell is in the WREL Severe Weather Center with how long this wet weather lasts into our weekend. Kat? It's going to continue into Saturday, unfortunately, but Sunday you get
3: one dry day for the weekend. Here comes the cold front. It's ahead of this front that we could see showers, perhaps even a few thunderstorms move into the area and then the upper level energy brings a rain chance on Saturday. Tomorrow morning we're likely to wake up to some scattered showers for the morning commute. That rain becomes much more widespread by 9 10 11 AM and will be fairly widespread through lunchtime. It's during the afternoon, mainly between about one and four o'clock that we could see a few of these isolated thunderstorms develop. That would mainly be south and east of Raleigh, but those should begin to clear out of here as we get toward the evening commute and your Friday evening plans are looking nice and and dry But as the as storms move through we could see some strong storms closer to the coast so if you do have travel plans toward Wilmington this weekend keep that in mind tomorrow. For us we're in the light green in the southern part of our area and that's where there could be non-severe storms. Coming up I'll have a closer look at what to expect throughout the day on Saturday Ashley. Alright Kat, thank you.
4: We are following some breaking news in downtown Raleigh. Police arrested several protesters tonight. Uh, several of them as you can see here lying in the middle of Fayetteville Street all calling for a ceasefire in gaza you can actually see in some of this video a few of them being taken away with zip ties around their wrists aaron thomas is there live aaron you were there throughout the evening as it all unfolded i still see some flashing lights behind you but it, it seems like things have opened back up there on fayetteville street
1: yeah that is the case dan this road actually opened up within the past hour you can see that uh, traffic is able to pass through once again getting our viewers caught up this This all started over demonstrations right in front of the Wake County courthouse beside Representative Deborah Ross's office. Those protesters working to get her attention over the Middle East conflict and for her to pick a side. Police started making arrests around 5 this evening uh, as we saw these demonstrators laying out in front of Fayetteville Street. Uh, This is a declared the laying in the street quote an unlawful assembly. We then saw some of these demonstrators being taken away in a transport van. Now on our late news we are working to find out the specific number of people that were arrested tonight and the specific charges they face. Dan?
4: You bet. Aaron Thomas live for us in downtown Raleigh. Thank you, Aaron.
2: And another scene in Raleigh where a police officer was hit by a car. It happened in a Food Lion parking lot as officers were trying to make an arrest. WRL's Willie Danley is live where that scene just cleared not long ago on Raleigh Boulevard. Willie?
1: Ashley, this is the Foot Lion parking lot where it all happened. This parking lot was blocked off for over four hours as police officers investigated. Take a look at this video that we captured earlier today here on the ground, and you can see just how large this scene was. According to police, this all happened around 2.06 this afternoon. A Raleigh police officer was attempting to take a suspect into custody when that suspect hit him with a car. That officer was taken to the hospital with what appear to be non-life-threatening injuries. As far as the suspect, he was taken into custody. I spoke to a woman here whose car was hit by the suspect before he hit that police officer. She told me she came out of this food line on her lunch break, and she never could have imagined what happened next. I just
5: came to run in to grab some groceries and to go run another errand. Um, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't even see because I thought my car was being stolen. Um, I didn't realize there was so much heavy presence in the police. the the, the guns and things that were drawn I just didn't see any of that in that moment so when I did finally see it it really scared me we all ran back in the store scrambled to safety and you know because we didn't know what was going to happen
1: That woman was one of four people whose vehicle was hit by the suspect. They had to stay in this parking lot the entire time and were not able to leave until the investigation was done. So it caused a very big inconvenience for them. We're still working to figure out what charges that suspect was facing and why he chose to run instead of surrendering himself. We're going to continue to follow this story and keep you updated with what we find out. Back to you.
2: An unwelcoming, uh, eventful afternoon. All right. Willie Danley, live in Raleigh. Thank you. Durham police
4: charged the driver of the white van you see behind me here after a crash involving a police cruiser in a, in, into a downtown restaurant today. It was quite the scene. 48-year-old Lisa Camargo Cruz is charged with a red light violation. Police say she was behind the wheel of that white minivan that crashed into the police cruiser at Mangum and Morgan Streets. The Durham police officer is recovering tonight and is expected to be okay. We should also say there was a, a child in that van when it crashed, but that child was not seriously hurt.
0: Dan, I want to bring our viewers into the WRL Live Center. Good evening, folks. I'm Chris Lovington. I'm showing you right now a live feed through the lens of our photojournalist, John Rector. That is the Durham Public Schools meeting. That seems to be the public comment session. Tonight is a very important night because the district is expected to finally decide on one of the options to address that uh, salary overpay issue that WRL has covered since we learned about it back in January. Uh, essentially, there are a couple of options. here. One, an 11% raise. This is for classified employees, you know, building services, occupation occupational and physical therapists, those types of employees, and this option would be within budget. But the second option would be a 15% raise, and it would be $2 million over budget. So something to consider. And if all this is still confusing to you, folks, we have this all broken down at WREO.com. We have an extensive Q&A where we kind of break down a little bit about who's affected, what was the problem, what led to this. And then lastly, I'll lead you with this. WREL's Lena Talat, as well as others for On the Record, also put together this entire extensive breakdown of the problems within Durham Public Schools. I tell you what, at 10 o'clock on Fox 50 and 11 o'clock on WREL, reporter Carly Haynes is going to have a full report on what transpired today, and she'll bring you that update on WREL News.
2: All right, Chris, thank you. The long-running Leandro case was back before the state Supreme Court yet again today. In 2022, Democratic justices ruled that the state was required to fully fund education for all students. Now, Republican justices are reconsidering the case. Meantime, hundreds of people gathered across the street, rallying against what state lawmakers are asking to do.
5: Yeah, the Republican majority here on the state Supreme Court actually broke a long-standing court rule when they agreed to reopen the settled decision at the request of Republican state lawmakers. And that's one reason the court is widely expected to be more sympathetic to those lawmakers than past courts have been. State attorney Ryan Park argued the judges in the earlier Leandro ruling intended to solve the problem of underfunded schools in low-income areas statewide.
0: I don't think anyone would disagree that at least there are areas of the state Uh, where we are failing the school's children. I I mean, we're, uh, barely half of our students are passing the basic proficiency standards for reading and math.
5: Representing Republican lawmakers, Matthew Tilley said the original judges only intended their ruling to affect Hoke County, where the original Leandro attended school. He said it was the state's idea to apply it statewide, not the courts.
4: The fact that the state said, well, we want to solve this on a statewide basis really doesn't confer jurisdiction on the court to order remedies in other counties. Um, Two, the fact that the state says, okay, we're gonna solve Hope County's problems with a statewide initiative, does not mean that the court has the power to order the state to implement those remedies anywhere other than where the
5: violation is (laughs)
2: found.
5: MEANTIME, OUTSIDE, HUNDREDS OF ADVOCATES, PARENTS AND STUDENTS RALLIED AND MARCHED IN SUPPORT OF MORE FUNDING. BISHOP WILLIAM BARBER in SAID REPUBLICAN LAWMAKERS ARE TRYING TO UNDERMINE to CHILDREN'S RIGHTS.
6: THEIR GOAL IS TO GUT THE 25-PLUS-YEAR-OLD RULING That's right. THAT THE NORTH CAROLINA CONSTITUTION REQUIRES, MY BROTHER AND SISTER, yes, THAT THE NORTH CAROLINA GENERAL ASSEMBLY fully fund public education.
5: Our students are the future. Madalo Bean is an 8th grader from Wayne County. She called on state lawmakers and the court to stop delaying the billions of dollars in statewide funding the earlier ruling required.
4: With the money that Wayne County could receive, my school could have done so much. Maybe we could have gotten rid of the mice in my 7th grade math teachers classroom. That's right, that's
5: right. A ruling is expected from the court sometime in the next few months. Laura Leslie, WRAL News Raleigh. Our documentary team has done a lot of work on the Leandro case over
2: the years. You can watch the full documentary, Leandro, The Case for a Basic Sound Education. It's on WRAL.com. Just search documentary.
4: Did some of you lose cell service today? AT&T now saying that the wireless service is now fully restored. More than 70,000 customers, though, from AT&T did report problems this morning, according to Down Detector. That's a website that tracks wireless outages. Verizon and T-Mobile also reported issues. AT&T says it is taking steps. To make sure that something like this doesn't happen again, however, the company has not said exactly what caused the outage.
2: The faces of Po Hall, several women talking on camera for the first time since being diagnosed with cancer after spending time in the now closed NC State building. Coming up, we're taking a closer look at the 123 cases WRL has confirmed so far in this contamination investigation, and what these victims are calling for from the university. Plus, a unique roundabout is coming to Raleigh. Why city leaders chose this design and how they hope it helps keep traffic flowing.
0: I want to bring you back into the WRL Live Center just briefly for some breaking news we've learned within the past 15 minutes. Raleigh police saying that right now they responded to a stabbing in downtown Raleigh, West Cabrera Street and Southwest Street. We do know that one person has been taken into custody. WRL has been keeping in touch with Raleigh police and we will bring you an update on more information in terms of motive as soon as we have that info.
2: strongly that the university needs pressure to handle this situation um, swiftly and with a lot of care for the people involved.
6: Let us help you. Let us work with you.
2: More people opening up about their cancer diagnosis after spending time in NC State's Poe Hall. 123 cases have been reported to WRAL's Five on Your Side team since toxic chemicals were discovered in the building and eight women sat down with Keely Arthur to talk on camera for the first time. They're asking for more support from the university. Joining me now is WRL Five on Your Side reporter Keely Arthur and investigative journalist Ali Yangersall Keely, I want to start with you you, uh, 123 cases is a lot, and then to get eight women to speak on camera so bravely. How did you get all of these people to talk with you, not just about their experience, but also sharing very personal information?
7: Well, they really felt like they weren't being heard by anybody else. And we had already done, I think, 21 or so reports on Pohol. So they would see these reports and come forward to us. We got those cases, that case count unsolicited. People were reaching out saying, hey, I have cancer and reporting that. And that's when I called Allie and I said, hey, I am getting all of this information from all of these people. I wanna do something with it because I know that we, WRL is the only place where there's a database with this information, but I wanna make it make sense and make sense of all those numbers, all those case counts. So if we needed to identify a pattern or trends or anything like that, we could, because that's what the people who are sick want. They want more information on the cases.
2: To be clear, you're saying WRL is the only one with the database, that meaning that NC State does not have such a database. They have not attempted to collect that information. Information.
7: They have not. The CDC is working on something separately right now, but they began maybe a week ago now. We've been working on this for four months. And what
2: kind of medical information are we talking about?
6: Allie, do you want to take that one? Uh, yeah, sure. So when we first started looking into this back in November, Keely and I were assigned this story, and we had anecdotally heard that a number of people were sick, but we had heard like a dozen or something like that. The fact that there are hundreds is really shocking to us, and we wanted to make it so it was cohesive. So we could find these trends and we could look into this information. So right now, we really don't know the number of cases overall, but as you said, and we've talked about 123 at least. We know that the most common kind of cancer that they're being diagnosed with is breast cancer. Four out of every 10 cases were breast cancer, leukemia, lymphoma, skin cancer. They're also very common. The majority of those who have been diagnosed, they are women. About 77% are women. And almost two-thirds are former grad students or former faculty and staff now something that's really interesting that we were able to find out from all of the information that Keeley collected is that the average age when someone is diagnosed is 44 years old that's about 20 years younger than when the average American is diagnosed with cancer which is really interesting much younger than what we're seeing nationwide with a diagnosis here at Poe Hall. and what I think is really important to remember is that all of these data points they are people and Keeley was able to talk to all of these people and I think that it was just so brave that they came forward to share this Information that is really personal, but they want it to kind of find these trends and outliers the same way that we did. And I just think it's incredible that they came to us it's to share that. It's been cathartic for them. I, as Ali pointed out, it's far fewer men.
7: Um, so I've had some difficulty getting them to be willing to speak on camera. But I did a Zoom interview with one of them and he was like, I don't really want to talk about it. I asked one question, he talked for 45 minutes, because I feel like it was the first time he felt like he could speak. And be heard. And be heard, so when we're asking, you know, age, type of cancer, years spent in Hall, I mean, these are very difficult questions to ask people, but they are so grateful that someone's asking them. And, you know, I, we were, Allie and I were joking last night. I'm a people person. Allie's a numbers person, and we've worked really hard on gathering all that and attacking this information from a bunch of different
2: angles. Well, I know you will continue to do that, both uh, talking to the people and then analyzing that data, because being able to really digest that and then and understand it means so much to to everybody, um, including the people who are who are evaluating all of this right now. So keep working on it. Thank you so much. Thanks
4: really strong and important reporting there Uh lake wheeler road near the state farmers market will soon get a major facelift and drivers will have to navigate what they're saying is a new peanut shaped roundabout this is the uh, city of raleigh rendering of what it will look like when it's complete told you it's a peanut uh... this is all the uh, new entrance improvement project to dix park and city planners say the area has outgrown the current roadway and the new roundabout will accommodate bikers, pedestrians, as well as vehicles.
1: When some drivers see the renderings on the news, they might say, I wonder if this is going to be easy to navigate. How do you respond to that?
6: It's just as easy as a regular roundabout is, and there's so much safer for both pedestrians and vehicles. Uh, cars and cars have to drive a lot slower through a roundabout, so it makes it safer for the pedestrian. Than-
4: the twenty two million dollar project is slated to start at the end of the year. So meteorologist Kat Campbell joining us now. Uh, we have a little bit of rain coming into the forecast, but also a warm up. And it, it, my eyes feel like they're burning just a little bit. Is it too soon to feel that or is it is it pollen time around here? It's
3: pollen time. We don't have the pine pollen, the stuff that's so visible out there, but the pollen is here with the warm weather and the wind today. It started to go up again tomorrow. We should see some improvements with the rain, but it will still be warm and breezy tomorrow. So moderate pollen tomorrow and then low pollen levels are expected by Saturday and Sunday. So at least a little bit of relief from the pollen with the rain and the cooler temperatures on the way. Not for long. Just wait till you see next week's forecast. Here comes the cold front that brings changes tomorrow and into the weekend. Tomorrow morning, likely to see some showers around the area. You'll want to check in with meteorologist Elizabeth Gardner before you leave the house in the morning. Maybe a bit of a slow Friday morning commute. Fairly widespread light rain expected through lunchtime. And then we could see a few pockets of heavier rain or even some thunderstorms that swing through during the afternoon. This would mainly be between about one and four o'clock, maybe five o'clock in the eastern part of our area, but we're drying out for dinner time and Friday night plans. So hopefully you can recover some of those plans to get out and about tomorrow evening. It will be a warm day tomorrow, but we do begin to cool down on Saturday. Saturday, the upper level energy with this system will swing through the area. Saturday, 55 the high. It'll be cooler and we have a better chance for rain. I bumped up the chance for rain to 40%. I think this model is overdone in what it's showing for rain on Saturday, Uh, but you get the point of the timing, mainly during the afternoon and evening. 63 out right now, cloudy skies, not bad for after sunset in February. Tomorrow morning, I would say medium impacts to the morning commute. The rain shouldn't be terribly heavy, but it will be a great start to the day, and then storms not necessarily widespread, but there should be a few showers, perhaps a few rumbles of thunder during the afternoon commute, but the evening looks better. Low impacts to any evening plans tomorrow at the bus stop in the morning. We're out of the 30s. It's going to be a much milder start temperature wise 54, but by 10 a.m. a 90 percent chance for rain 56 and back in the low to mid 60s for highs tomorrow. We cool down for a couple days and I do specifically want to point out 28 degrees on Sunday morning. So a cold start Sunday morning. We do get the sunshine for one day of the weekend. That'll come Sunday, a really nice day. And then early next week, temperatures are skyrocketing. We could be up to 76 on Wednesday. That will come with a chance for rain. And parts of the south could see some strong storms from that system. So we'll keep an eye on that
4: potential. You bet. We'll check
2: back in. Thanks, Kat. Still ahead, it's time to start making weekend plans. We're going to run you through some of your best bets in the triangle in tonight's edition of Out and About next. To get up close with some realistic looking dinosaurs. Plus, the circus is in town.
4: WRL Lifestyle Editor Kathy Hanrahan has the details in Out and About.
2: The circus is in town. Universe Soul Circus is at Coastal Credit Union Music Park at Walnut Creek through March 10th. This interactive circus includes high-flying fun and comedy. Tickets are on sale now. Get up close with some realistic-looking dinosaurs at a new exhibit in Raleigh. Dino's Alive, an immersive experience, is a walk-through, family-friendly event featuring more than 80 animatronic dinosaurs. Tickets start at $21. And finally, this weekend, you might remember them from The Masked Singer, but you can see David Foster and his wife, Catherine McPhee, at Durham Performing Arts Center on Saturday. The couple will perform songs that Foster wrote or produced over the last four decades. Tickets are still available. These are just a few ways to get out and about this weekend. Kathy Hanrahan, W R A L News. When my kids, my kids were about mm,
4: four, three mm-hmm. or four, and I took them to that the dinosaur exhibit where they move. The two doing? seconds in, they're screaming, terrified. Yeah,
2: that's intimidating. <laughs> but they look man, real. But, yeah, exactly. There are a lot of people who are kids out there who think dinosaurs really are real. All
4: right, so uh, keep that in mind, folks. <laughs> Singer Jelly Roll is making a stop in Raleigh on his beautifully broken tour.
2: He will be playing at PNC Arena on September 20th. Jelly Roll posted his tour announcement on social media this morning. The openers include Warren Ziders and Alexandra Kaye. Pre-sale tickets start on Monday, and tickets go on sale to the public March 1st at 10 a.m. The tour will also make a stop in Charlotte in October. Sounds fun. A popular Wake County ice cream store is expanding to Cary.
4: Two Roosters Ice Cream made an announcement with this video on Instagram. It claims to open a new location at Waverly Place in Cary. Uh, it's going to happen this summer. This will be the sixth location. It's a popular ice cream spot. has three locations in Raleigh, one in Durham, and one in Wake Forest. You can never have too many ice cream no, options. never. Thanks for being with us tonight here on WRL News.
2: Our next newscast is at 10 on Fox 50 and 11 on WRAL. Have a great night.
3: Keep watching WRAL News over the air, Channel 34 and Spectrum Channel 1257.